Hey, it's Jess, and welcome to the HeartStrong Podcast, where we figure out how to navigate the challenges in our lives. It's my personal mission to guide you towards your greatest potential. So come along with me as we explore living with courage, or as I put it, living HeartStrong. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with my friend and colleague, Lori Eikhoff. Lori is at heart an entrepreneur and a creator of beautiful spaces. And we met because Lori helped to design some events that we had done through the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation. And I've just grown to love her as a person and admire her as a business owner. And today we're going to talk about the permission to change, the permission to change what you're doing, to walk into a new season, to leave something behind that is even successful and something that we actually really enjoy because we sense it's time for something new. And I want to talk about this because I think a lot of us get stuck in our lives and what we're doing. And we, we, we silence those nudges, those voices inside of our head that tell us it's time for something else. And so Lori has just recently gone through this and is embodying this courageous move. And I want, invited her on because I want to talk about it because I think it's something that, you know, in, in our, in many of our hearts, like we desire, we desire to, to shift. And I think it's, if we're growing people, we're shifting people. And so today we're going to talk about those shifts and those growths and what that looks like. And so Lori, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So as we get started, um, I thought it would be great if you could just share a little bit about your story, a little bit about your background so that people can kind of understand who you are and where you've been. Yeah. So I um, have been in the event business, I guess you could say, for well over 15 years. Um, I worked at City First Church for quite a bit of time um, as their event coordinator and um, finally made that jump of wanting to start my own business. And I started working out of my basement for about four years um, doing event design and floral work and then also interior design work too. So pretty much anything creative and hands-on, I absolutely love. Um, and I started London Avenue Designs and had the opportunity to open a brick and mortar shop downtown Rockford, which I was very excited about. I'm from Rockford. I love our community um, and saw potential for something great downtown and opened the shop, which was so fun because it became a place where people could come and not only shop and like plan their wedding or interiors, but also just a safe space to hang out, which I adored. I was like a dream of mine since I was a kid. I would play shop mm. and be like, oh, that person's coming in. Let's make them tea, which I didn't have tea at the shop, but it was always, <laughs> you know, like, I love that. I want people to come and hang out and enjoy. Um, and then, you know, life kind of happened. In 2019, I was diagnosed with cancer and had to go through a series of surgeries um, and kept the shop going through that. And then the pandemic kind of happened, not kind of happened, it hit all of us and mm -hmm. happened, um, which broke things down quite a bit. But through all of that, the business was really successful, which was kind of a surprising thing in the midst of all of that, like seeing growth during the pandemic and the years afterwards. And I felt like in that season, I was kind of divided where I was like, oh, I don't feel necessarily fully healthy because I wasn't because I was still going through the process of healing and getting mm -hmm. over surgeries and like having more treatments and surgeries and all of that. And 
it kind of just hit me. I was like, I don't like feeling divided in a way that like doesn't allow for creativity or even like the passion to kind of come through. Um, and I loved the shop so much, but I kind of just came to this place where I was like, I think I need to make a full stop in order to heal mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, and so made the leap, which was like the weirdest thing ever. Cause it's almost like cutting off your arm so that you can get better. You know what I mean? Kind of mm -hmm. thing. Cause it felt like so a part of natural and was healthy. So that's what was very strange to kind of do a full stop, but has been, this last year, I, I have had probably one of the most fulfilling years of my life and such wow. a slow season, which is interesting as an entrepreneur um, and someone who loves creativity and is constantly mm -hmm. going um, to have some recess, I guess you could say, in, in life. But yeah, so that's kind of my story in a nutshell, very, very quickly put in there. But so I'm curious, like you yeah. said, it was one of the most fulfilling seasons. Like what made it fulfilling, even though you were leaving something that, and I think what I think is a really important thing to note first, I want to say about what you were doing is you were creating events and spaces and you had spaces. So you were like in the energy of people and really in, in loving and lovely seasons of their life, weddings and new homes. And, and so it's like, that's all real life giving energy to be in, right. And to be part of, and so to walk away from that, leaving that behind, I mean, I would imagine like maybe a fear of loneliness or, you know, those types of things with this, but you said it was fulfilling. So can you just share a little bit about why? Yeah. So I, this has just been my journey this last year. And I think fulfillment is such an interesting thing because at the beginning of the process like in the first three months, it was such like almost felt lonely. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. And it was, I think the, the biggest thing I've learned about fulfillment is it also is like an emptying of yourself in a lot of mm -hmm. ways um, before you like really become fulfilled and like figure out this is what I'm made for basically and how I'm supposed to function. Um, and so for me, it was just a, that time to be able to self-identify things that don't necessarily serve my life anymore uh, or serve the purpose or goal that I was trying to get to in a business and even just personally um, in our family that I found the most fulfillment in the stillness of the moments, which was like mm -hmm. a very interesting thing because I love being busy. I think I'm addicted to it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I know I am. And that's something I've been working through. Um, but there's fulfillment and just finding peace in moments that aren't necessarily peaceful, but having the space to do that. So mm. that was so it's like it. creating the space. Was, yeah. The space. That's interesting. Yeah. Was there grief in the change? Like, did you feel like you were like something was, had been lost? Yeah. So it's interesting because coming off of a cancer diagnosis and, you know, like so thankful for the process of like where I'm at today and being healthy and all of that. But feeling grief is an interesting thing because we think it should feel one way or another. And closing the shop that first month, I I cried probably more from that than I did from my cancer diagnosis, which just <laughs> sounds mm. weird. And I was like, what is wrong? Like, this feels mm. kind of funny. 
But I think it's when we create something or build something that we need to let go. There's definitely a grief in that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's letting go of certain things we've allowed to, that I allowed to become my identity almost. I'm like, oh, I'm the friendly shopkeeper Mm -hmm. who helps you with your events and things like that. And kind of letting go of that persona just to be who I'm supposed to be. Um, but yeah, definitely grief. I was, it was in the fall when we closed the shop and one of my favorite movies is you've got mail. So I was like, Oh, this will be good. I'll watch you've got mail. And like, there's the scene where she closes her shop and I was just sitting like ugly crying with Matt next to me. And he's like, we can, we can turn this off. If you want. And I was like, no, I think to feel like yeah. who would have known, you know, that that would kind of bring out all these emotions. So yeah, it's definitely I think something that I'll forever miss, but something that I am so glad that we kind of took this shift with the business. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. You said something before that, like you were, you wanted to be doing what you were made for. And do you think that we can be made for different things in different seasons? Or do you think there's like one thing that we're made for? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, ask myself that frequently I'm like is this like the thing that I'm made for and like just this you know or is it multiple things and I think maybe in the last year I've realized more and more that we as people are constantly evolving and constantly growing and changing um and I think it's like almost you know, when you work out, you get certain muscles that are stronger than other because you're doing that thing over and over again. Um, and I feel like that muscle memory of like certain gifts that I have, like of customer service or like going above and beyond the best I can to help make sure an event looks and feels the way that it should. I think that'll always be with me, but I don't know if that's necessarily just that one thing that I'm created for. And I think as we go through life, Mm -hmm. those muscles kind of work together to make the full body of who we are, as opposed to just like, I've got really great legs or whatever Mm -hmm. that metaphor would, you know, but I think it's the Mm -hmm. totality of who we are, those gifts kind of come together. So that's what I'm learning. Um, I'm kind of working on the body, so to speak, of like pulling those things together, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does. And it's almost like we need to go through certain, certain things or certain or or gain certain skills to be able to get to the next thing, but we can't see it except in reverse maybe. Yeah, it is kind of in reverse. It's almost like, I don't know. I wouldn't consider the shop a failure at all. Like I think that's probably one of the most successful things I've done in my career and my lifetime but I also failed in a lot of ways. And, and I think that's any entrepreneurs, like we grow and we fail and we grow Mm -hmm. from those failures. Um, But I think like you're saying in reverse, it's almost like you backpedal a little bit to like get forward a little Mm -hmm. bit, if that makes sense. Um, So for me, I think an ever evolving, you know, I I think being in business for yourself is a constant state of self-reflection and going like, how can I do this better? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? And also like listening to that to a certain degree, but also having a balance of going like, you know, this is just life and things happen and Mm -hmm. pandemics happen and cancer happens and we just make it. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. It's never going to happen like in a vacuum, like in our ideal mind, right? So, thing, we're working on something without all that other stuff, but that's like never really going to be. You mentioned, you said yeah. that doing the shop was one of the most successful things you'd ever done, but that you also felt like you had failures, which I think we, I mean, I, as you know, in the work that I've done, I have, there's things that I feel like I failed at that I would in hindsight do differently or better. Would you be willing to share one of those things that you feel like you've learned or that maybe you would do different next time? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think, and this is, I think with any um, business, you kind of learn who you are, like I mentioned in a lot of ways, but also like when it comes to hiring, what type of people mm -hmm. you need to surround yourself with to make that mm -hmm. team successful or that business successful. And I've loved everyone that I've ever employed, like truly, I mean that. But I think there's a lot of times where I would employ people out of necessity and not necessarily out of um, looking at that patiently and going, what are the skill sets that that person really needs to possess fully to like do that job to the best of their ability and for mm -hmm. them to feel successful? Because I think that's the biggest thing is like in a business, you want every part of your team to feel like they're succeeding and not feeling like a constant failure because they're not hitting a goal that you yeah. haven't clearly set. And I think that was in the beginning, I was like, I just need all these people to fill these positions, but not doing a great job of setting clear expectations or goals for them because I wasn't sure what that looked like for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think entrepreneurship definitely is like, here's the big dream. And then constantly whittling it down to go, here's the vision that mm -hmm. fits within that dream. Um, and so I think that's where I kind of didn't know what I didn't know, but also when you don't know what you don't know, you kind of fail in certain ways too. Mm -hmm. And so I think I let um, certain team members down in those instances, if I'm being honest of going, like I could have empowered you more as opposed to being like, why aren't you hitting that mark mm -hmm. that I've set that I haven't explained well enough. Um, I think if I'm being vulnerable, I, you know, we, I really feel like I'm a good person when it comes to like people and connection and whatnot. But when you're an employer, you have to go even above and beyond. It's less about the customers mm -hmm. at times and more about your team so that we can serve everyone, mm -hmm. you know, to the best of our possible ability. So that was something that I really struggled with, but towards the end felt like I was really great at because mm -hmm. of that struggle in the beginning. So mm -hmm. I think that's yeah, a big really yeah, I think it's hard to build a team. I mean, I know that's something that I struggle with or have struggled with. It's hard to find the right people. And I think you made such a good point. It's hard to give the vision to other people if you're still, there's parts of it that you aren't sure of, right? And it's it's kind of like parenthood. <laughs> you know, it's like we want to steer our kids in a direction, but we don't have the answers, you know, to, to everything. And yeah. I think that's very real. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. I, I would totally agree. I think owning a business or foundation or anything like that is definitely parenthood in a nutshell because it is your baby mm -hmm. and you're the one that like cares about it probably more than anyone else and more than anyone on your team because that's like your thing, you know, it's your kid. And so mm -hmm. I think that's a great comparison. Yeah. Do you, you know, I've heard people say, and I believe this, it's like when we move out of something into something else. We're never really starting over. We're taking 
what we learned or what we knew and we're taking it on to the next thing. Like we're, it's, it's, we're actually not starting from scratch. Do you feel that way as you kind of venture into a new season or do you feel a little bit of like starting over as you kind of rework where you want to take your business from here? Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about this and I feel like it's a little bit of both. And, um, so I definitely feel like I have something to build off of. Like I've been so lucky and so blessed to have such an amazing community that we've built with London Avenue designs. Like our customers were the best and the people who even followed us from different states and things like that and showed support still do. And I'm like, I haven't posted anything in Mm -hmm. forever. And people are like, oh, I'm so excited and whatever else when we do. And so it's really humbling to have that piece to build off of. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that when you're building something and I'm, this is just from the interior side of things Mm -hmm. as an example, but I do like a lot of home renovations where it's like, you got really good bones and great structure in this thing. But I think what makes things, things successful is when we take away pieces that don't really help the space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's knock down that wall that doesn't make sense anymore, but we're still left with something beautiful. It's just taking and editing our lives to keep building up something that's better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I mean by both. And I don't know if you feel yeah. that with things like in your life. Yeah, I think the taking away is the hard part because, you know, we, we become attached to the things that we create. Right. And it's like if you if you first built that wall and now you're like, we're going to tear it down because it, it, it's it is that process. It's that it is that, you know, there is a little bit of courage that comes from saying. But and I think it is a, I think it is one of the best ways to get to know yourself is being an entrepreneur because, you know, deep in your heart, what's the right next move? Like you sense it probably, at least I have like months before I've been able to enact it or even years. Um, And so it is that whittling away process. It's like, you know, like when you stand in a, in a space at least, and it's so cluttered and you're like, Oh, this energy just does not feel good, but it's clean and open and everything has a space and things are worked together. It's like, that's a great space to be in. I think that's kind of like, building a business or building something, anything is that you have to be willing to get rid of the stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that that, I think that getting that getting rid of things, it, it is, it is an important skill. And I think at least I think I've gotten better with time because I don't know about you, but it's like you do it a couple times and you prove to yourself that it actually works. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the more you edit, the more you kind of, you know, like really take the time to look at it objectively and go like, this isn't working for me. Let's change or let's like cut these parts off, you know, that it really creates more growth, which is just an interesting concept that you hear over and over again through like different principles and whatnot, but it actually works, you know, is cutting things out to make room for new things. So why do you think people struggle so much to move along, move on from, you know, and I think we're talking specifically in like the business context, but it could be other things. Like it could be friendships or it could be where they live. It's like, why do we fear change so much? Yeah. I, I mean, 
I guess I can only speak personally, but observationally as well. I feel as though we get so comfortable in like a positive way where it's like, even with my business, I was like, we're successful. Everyone's like getting paid well, sales are going great, all of the things. So like from the outside, it's like, if it's a a success, then why would you change anything? Like if it's not broke, don't fix it (laughs) kind of mentality. Um, But I think it's hard because it's hard imagining something could go better. I think a lot of times as humans and as myself, I, I tend to imagine things going the opposite direction. So things going negatively and try to like fix or plan for that. But it's kind of having the the determination and almost bravery to think that things can be better or more positive than what they are even currently. So if you have a great relationship, like how can I make that better or what can I do in myself or remove from, you know, my life to like make this better or whatever else with businesses and whatnot too. Hey, we're taking a little break because I want to invite you to learn more about the HeartStrong Collective, a nonprofit and social movement I created in 2015. This organization is on a mission to inspire people everywhere to be HeartStrong, and we're giving back to support families in the long haul of raising kids with complex illnesses and disabilities. We're also investing in the next generation, and we're trying to leave this place just a little better than we found it. You can learn more about us at theheartstrong.com. Oh, and while you're there, make sure you visit our shop and check out our HeartStrong merch. If you'd like to learn more about me, my coaching practice, or invite me to speak at your next event, you can visit me at jessicalindberg.com. Let's get back to the show. You know, one of the things that I think about a lot in my life, just because of the circumstances that I have, is like, how can we see our limitations as gifts? I think a lot of times in our world, in our culture, especially in in the entrepreneur culture, which is, you know, uses social media or is trying to build something. It's like, you want to give off that, that vibe or whatever, that things are all organized and everything's fine, you know, but we all have limitations and we all have things that come along in our life. Like for me, it's the challenges with my son and how that impacts my life of having to switch things around often, or could be anything like, how have your challenges that you've experienced like help you see the world in a different way or help even clarify what it is that you want to be doing? Yeah. Um, so for me, I really feel like the limitations, like, and for me, honestly, it is more like the physical side of things. Like even with my health, we're still navigating that. So there's times where I'm like, I feel totally fine. I'm going to start up this new business or like do this thing. And then the next day, like, I just feel like I hit a wall. And part of that is just, you know, autoimmune stuff and like figuring out that piece. But I think as far as a business goes, as I've learned to be really upfront um, in like a boundaries kind of way with my clients of going like, here's the days that I'm on for this as far as like interior designs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'll get you the stuff as as I can, but also here's where I'm at still. And I think the more that we let our customers and clients into our life in a healthy way, not like a full, like, here's everything that's going on with me medically, <laughs> right. and, you know, yeah. overshare. But I think the more that we kind of let them in on the journey and just being vulnerable, the more I've 
seen my clients anyway be more appreciative of that. And so understanding when I'm like, hey, I have to go to the doctor today because of Mm -hmm. this thing, like they're very understanding. Um, I think as business owners, like you said, we want everything to look so perfect and we want the customer experience to be so perfect and streamlined and like professional and all of these things. And I think you can do that, but I think there's clarity and just going, here's where I'm at right now. I can't do all the things, but I can do the very best I can for you in this season that I'm in right now by not taking on too many projects and not Mm -hmm. for me anyway, I'm like, I have to what I can do right now. If that's three interior projects that are bigger ones a year, that's great. If it's, you know, me leaning more into like starting a shop again, I think that's great. But like right now, it's just being honest with myself, with my customers, my community, and just going, here's where I'm at. And this is what I can do. And it's not always going to be like this. Um, But yeah, I think the limitations kind of give us more grace for people Mm -hmm. as well. So when I have a customer that's like, (laughs) can't make a decision because of whatever reason for things. And it's like time sensitive. Like, I'm like, I get it. I totally understand. Let me help walk you through whatever I can to get you to where you need to be, Mm -hmm. but don't feel pressured or rushed. I feel like there's too much of that in our community and life right now anyway, where it's just a hurried experience of existence. And I don't Mm want to be that way anymore. So it is very counterculture to pause and reflect and then also like do the best you can Mm -hmm. and do everything you can to serve your customers but you know be realistic about it for them and for yourself too right because the reality is is that everybody's got something in their life and I think when we can be honest about our life with people it gives them permission to to do that also and I think that's like a kind of a gift um you know, do you think that having faced cancer or going through the health challenges you, that you have has made you slow down in a sense of not just physically, but just desiring more of that presence in your daily life or in what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, for this season of my life, for sure, it's definitely more of I keep saying recess. It's like this Mm. word that's like ingrained in my head this Mm. last year where it's I'm taking a moment from like the busyness of life to just enjoy life. And Mm. I know that that's a gift. Like I feel very lucky to be in the place where my husband's also an entrepreneur. So this business has been, yeah, taking off and whatnot this year. So it allowed me to have a full year Mm. break from having to work, but there's been projects I've picked up Mm -hmm. here and there, but I just keep calling it a recess. So it's like clearing my brain and clearing my mind and like spirit almost to like Mm -hmm. find that peace to go back into, you know, doing business or learning and all of the things Mm -hmm. again. So, yeah. So I think it's it's just finding recess again. (laughs) Yeah. deal for us as adults. It is. We don't really do that. We don't. And we always feel rushed, like we're going to miss something. You know, and yeah. I know I feel like that sometimes it's like, oh, if I don't take hold of that or take hold of that. But one thing that I'm learning is like every idea that we have is not an idea that we have to bring to life. You know, and yeah. it's maybe like it's sitting hard. with it's hard, but it's like maybe sitting with things a bit and saying, well, I, that's a that's a good idea. We could do that because I know I mean, I'm like this. I know you are. It's like you could do anything if you really wanted to do something like you could pull off anything. 
but it's like, what is the thing that is really calling to us and that we're called to do based on, you know, where, you know, what that looks like in that, in this moment. And I just think, um, I always think it's an interesting question to ask ourselves. And I've learned that the hard way I've totally overdone things. And then I'm like, well, why did I rope myself into that? And one of the things that I'm learning is if someone asks me to do something, or if they're like, I have this idea for you, or I come up with an idea, I'm trying to pause for a little bit, even if I take a few days or a week yeah. and jot it down, but then like really see if it's just like, go, go, Jessica, like, you know, wanting to do it or yeah. like, striver jessica or is this really something that that is calling to me that there it's something that i should you know take up and do i don't know like that's taken me a long time to learn yeah i feel like that's constant like life process as far mm -hmm. as like learning that and it's going i for me anyway i've been like these are the filters of which like i accept projects now um mm. and that wasn't something i did have in place until I had time this year to go, you know, these are those buckets that this fall into. And that makes sense. Um, anything else that doesn't really fit into that. I'm like, I think that's a beautiful idea. Here's mm -hmm. someone else I think would be great at it. Mm. Here's something, I guess, even steps for that person to be like, you become an entrepreneur, you can do this, like, you know, kind of encouraging people to chase that within themselves. Because mm -hmm. I Knowing you, <laughs> knowing myself, we're definitely those type of people that are like, we could totally do that for you. That's totally yeah. something within ourselves, like you said, to be able to achieve. But I feel like in slowing down, it's like this beautiful clarity of trying to empower people to chase their own visions and their own dreams and like giving them mm -hmm. handles to be able to do that while putting handles on it for myself to go, this doesn't fit me, but it definitely fits you, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, you've actually so like created, like you've created like guidelines for yourself, so to speak, or saying like, these are the areas that I'm going to yeah. work, or these are the, the, the buckets that this, the projects have to check in order for me to take them. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. So like one of the biggest things I've learned this year is, you know, when someone offers you a project and I've, people are wonderful. I feel so lucky to have the opportunity for people to like, still ask, you know, like I was very concerned about that when I closed the business is that mm -hmm. people would stop asking that it wouldn't be either forgotten or irrelevant again. And I feel so blessed that I still have that community. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the biggest things is when you hear an offer right away for a project or design piece or whatever it is, and I don't feel like excited to say yes right away. Mm. Like there's like a, a slight hesitation. I'm like, if I don't feel like I'd be excited to do it tomorrow, I'm not going to be excited to do it when it comes down the pipe, you know, two months from now and I actually have to do it. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think it's like, we, we really do know what's best for ourselves. I think I truly do believe that. And I think there's filters that we can put in place to help ourselves find those things. But for me, I'm like, if I don't have the initial like, oh, yeah, that's exciting or fulfilling for me, then it's just an immediate no, but let me help you find someone mm -hmm. who can. Um, another thing for me is time. Um, so if it takes time away from my family, like I've budgeted, you know, per week, I just want to, this sounds a little bananas, but I'm like, I only want to work 25 to 30 hours a week because mm -hmm. that for me physically is what I handle. And so I objectively have to look at projects and go, 
hey, this is going to be more than what I can take on physically, or I can't, you know, I can't be moving furniture like that or doing things like this for that project. Mm -hmm. So that's not a fit for me. Um, Just so I can be more present for Nolan and Matt and, you know, even my extended family too. I feel like it's important to kind of look at our lives as a whole to go like, when was the last time I hung out with my grandmother or like, Mm -hmm. you know, some of these other things. It's not just Mm -hmm. the immediate kind of now, I guess. Um, So those are a couple of the ones that I've tried to filter through. Um, and I think another one, I'm not in a season of stretching myself, which I know sounds funny. I think for now I'm just healing. Mm-hmm. And so if a project sounds like much of a stretch, I'm like, I think that would break me as opposed to grow what I want to mm-hmm. grow. Um, and I think that's just this season. I don't think that's for my whole life. I definitely think there's seasons that we should stretch, mm-hmm. but I think to do that, you have to be ready for a healthy spot. Um, so I'm like, if that sounds like a stretch, it is a stretch and I can't do it right now. So mm-hmm. that's just a couple of the filters <laughs> that I have in my journal. I'm like, does it stretch me? Do I have time? Am I immediately excited about it? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of helped me go, this is for me or this isn't for me right now. So those are really good. I think those are such good suggestions just in general in our lives to have those buckets. Um, cause I think the world we live in doesn't teach us to do that, right? We're supposed to like show up for everything for everybody else, especially as moms, right? And as women, I think we there's that expectation oftentimes. And it's like good to put those filters through. And and I think that's interesting. Like we don't always have to be stretching ourselves. I think we live in a culture that's all telling us, especially if you're in the entrepreneur world, you're constantly stretching yourself. You're constantly like, you know, pushing that 1%, you know, 1% better. And, and, and those are good things to do, but we can't do that if we're constantly exhausted or we're unhealthy or mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever, spiritually. And so I, I love that you gave that permission for people to say, this is a season where I'm not, I'm not going to be doing that. And, you know, and I kind of believe like if the person comes to you and says that and you say, no, like if you're meant to work with them, they'll, it'll circle back around. Right. It's like having that faith component of what's meant for us is not going to pass us by. Yeah, for sure. And I think it was another like huge life lesson for me this year. And I, you know, I'm the middle child, total people pleaser. I'm like, I want to be the peacekeeper and keep everyone happy. And I think I did so mm. much of that with my mm. business that I was like, I can do this. I can do that. And then at the end, you're not really making anyone happy, at least of all yourself or your family, mm. because you're just stretched so impeccably thin that there's no substance left to give and there's no room for creativity. Mm. Um, and so I think for me, that really was like the game changer of being like, I am going to let people down, but I'm not going to do it in a way that's like harming them. And if they need that need fulfilled, I can help direct them to other talented people that I know that Mm -hmm. can do just as good, if not better than me, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's been Mm -hmm. pretty (laughs) life-giving to be like, I'm not the source or the answer for everyone's problems, which I think is, you know, something I've, like I said, found in myself that I'm like, well, I can't fix everything. And that's like kind of, I don't know if narcissistic is the right word Mm -hmm. to think that I can like fix everything for people, but kind of letting go of that like selfishness to be like, no, I can do all the things and juggle all Mm -hmm. the stuff. Um, 
but really serve people by letting them know I'm not going to be the best person for the job. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think it's like getting in touch with like, you know, sometimes being the person that can save the day for everyone is really like an ego boost. I know that's something that I've had to learn. Like it's, I realize like your ego can get wrapped up in the fact that you're jumping in and saving the day and saying yes. And, you know, yeah. giving the help, lending a hand, building the thing, giving the money, whatever it is. And that, you know, that's a recipe for exhaustion. And again, I think back to like the culture that we live in as mothers, as women, as, you know, give your, give of yourself that all this stuff is good. Like I, I believe in all of it, but it's tempering that with what's really driving me to do this? Is it because I feel good when everyone says, oh my gosh, Jessica did all, you know, and I, that's something I've had to learn for myself is like, what's driving this and where am I taking this? Like, what is this, what is this really going to accomplish? Is this really good for the people? Am I actually really serving people or am I actually serving myself? Which is a very like, you know, I've had to think, those are some things I've thought about myself is what, you know, who are we actually serving here? It's it's a it's a hard question to ask, but I think it's an important one. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's something that it's like a daily thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. a great filter, even that I've not used. But like, who is this truly serving? You know, and like, how? I guess is it me or is it the person who's like the client or the customer or friend or whoever? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great, great yeah. thought for sure. Yeah. So, you know, as you're kind of moving forward and, and, and kind of thinking through these things and you have this like recess year, you know, what in hindsight would you say to someone who is maybe listening and they're like, I think it's time for a change. I'm either burnt out or I want to do something different or I want to start something. I'm in the corporate world and I want to give a go at doing my own thing. And, but the problem is, is that I'm tied financially to my job and my family needs the money, you know, and I feel guilty. It feels selfish to say, I want to go do something different. I, you know, like, what would you say to that person yeah. to give them maybe, you know, some steps that they could take or some ideas and how they might just like take, put their foot, their toe in the water into towards the thing that they want to do? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, one of the biggest things um, when I was starting the business was like, I don't really know fully what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like this constant mind game of Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I qualify to be an entrepreneur or like how to be an entrepreneur or how to do all these things or how to get started. And I think the biggest thing is just starting, just doing something. And it can be small. Like for me, it was journaling out a business plan and going, here's some names for the business that I like here's like what I see as an ideal route to get there. Um, And then I was, you know, quietly starting my DBA, which turned into an LLC and like all Mm -hmm. of those things kind of underground. And I think as you get those started, it kind of gives you a little bit more footwork to Mm -hmm. make that jump. And I think just taking it one day and one goal or one intention at a time. And I think setting those intentions and being like, this is, what I'd like to achieve by the end of this month. And even if that's just going, I'd like to write down six products that I would like to sell on Etsy or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And like really working towards seeing those come to life. I think, I think it all starts with our minds. And I think it's really just getting what's in here on paper so that you can see it become reality and then take steps to make that reality 
life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely feel like that's easier said than done. And it's different for everybody because we're all created so uniquely and so differently. But I think you just got to take the jump. I don't know if there's like a real clean, pretty way to say that, but it's like, take the step and then it all kind of keeps happening, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, good and bad (laughs) all fit together. I wouldn't say entrepreneurship is for the faint of heart. I think there's going to be times it's, and it's every day you're like, am I doing this right? Should I be doing this? I shouldn't be doing this. I'm terrible at this, like Mm -hmm. all of this inner monologue. But I think it's once you put it on paper and you make steps towards that intention or that goal that it really, it really kind of solidifies it in yourself that this is the direction that I'm going and I'm just going to go for it. And then eventually when you can make the jump financially, you just leap. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's something about I, yeah. my capstone in college was entrepreneurship and I, there is, and okay. I don't remember the entire quote, but the professor basically said to us, he's like, until one is committed, until you put that stake in the ground, it's just an idea. Mm-hmm. And like, almost like, you know, the whole thing doesn't come together. It's almost like, you know, the energy is just, it's not moving in your direction because you're waffling actually. And so I love what you said about just taking those steps, like get the URL online, you know, get your, get your LLC, get your, or file your nonprofit status or whatever it is, like do those things in the background and, you know, get your, yeah. you know, start, start saving your pennies to put in the, to get the bank account, you know, started, whatever it is, like <laughs> do those little things. Um, it, it gives you energy. It kind of shows you that it is possible and it is taking those steps. I was listening to this branding podcast yesterday. And one of the suggestions that the person made was like, write your bio that you would want to be your bio in five years. And then oh, it was yeah. so good. And then it's like, see what you've written you know, and, and that's going to give you a pretty good sense of the things that you want to be working on. And I thought that was really interesting because we can get so mired in like the stress of the moment or the things that we're creating, but big picture, like what do you want it to look like? And I'm five years is arbitrary, but you know, like, you know, I'm, you know, designing, you know, homes here, whatever it is, you know, you pick something and it's like, Oh, Okay. Those are the things, there's some pretty good clues in there of, of working backwards to get to that place. And I really thought that was a good suggestion. Yeah. yeah. And that's such a beautiful idea because marketing for your small business really is just marketing yourself. Like you are mm. so tied to your business and to your organization that sometimes you have to go, this is who I want to be first before you can start doing the, the action piece too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to be more set. And that's hard work. And I think that that's continuous. And I think if I would have done maybe more of that prior to my recess year this year, you know, who knows where I would have Mm -hmm. been. But I think there's something beautiful about figuring out who you are as a business Mm -hmm. owner before you even start the Mm -hmm. business. So that's Mm -hmm. good work itself. So, but I love that. Who will you be as a business in five years? What's your bio? And Yeah. yeah. That's well, great. I think I think that's I and I want to say just jump on something that you just said because this is like turning into like a how to be a good entrepreneur podcast. But I love like <laughs> all the things. If you want to start a business, come come listen to Jessica and Lori. Um, but I do think that personal branding thing. So that's something that I have learned, and I you know if I can be so like bold to say my 
some of my shortcomings. It's that even in doing the nonprofit, it's like I have focused so much on the nonprofit and not wanting it to be about me because I don't really, to be honest, care really about all that stuff. Like it doesn't feed me my ego. I don't really care how many people like it. I mean, of course you want people to support you, but I just, it's never been something that's a driver for me. But I think that in not focusing more on my personal brand, it's actually thwarted like or just like you said it's like you're not where you could be and because i think the people worry it's ego driven or it's but you know in our culture it's like people i mean there's research to show that people buy from people who have solidified personal brands i mean this goes to lawyers and doctors i just read this really interesting study recently and i think that that's something i wish i would have learned earlier and been more comfortable with earlier because rising tides lift all ships people buy from people they don't buy from brands you know people want to follow a person they don't really want to necessarily follow a brand and so i think that's a really if you're listening and you're trying to figure your way through this i think that's one of the things i wish i would have learned earlier it's one thing i'm learning now and really um and i've just been reading so much about it lately almost to the point of like i've had like four people say to me in the last four months like this is what you need to do and it's kind of hard to hear because you're like eh, i don't really want to do that but the reality yeah. is in the world that we live in it is true and so it's something to think about um as you're kind of like yeah. moving towards entrepreneurship and i've actually wanted been wanting to do a podcast about personal branding because i think it it's really actually a really important piece absolutely and i think in the world that we live in everything feels so fast and so quick and there's so much like on social media and all these things that when you can establish your personal brand as someone that they can like trust because really mm -hmm. you're just you're just saying hey i'm excited about this i want you to join me for this mm -hmm. and like bring mm -hmm. them along on the that like you're building a community. You're not so much building, obviously you're building sales and you're building a brand and all of those things. Sure. But, like my goal always, I want to build this community that like is positive and makes a difference in our community. And mm -hmm. like, you know, all of those things. And I think that the more that we get outside of ourselves and really like give and share, you know, kind of that concept of like, just come with me. I'm building mm -hmm. a business. I don't know what I'm doing, but I would for you to just come with me and figure mm -hmm. this out too, mm -hmm. that people feel a little bit of freedom in that with the authenticity of you just being who you are. So I mm -hmm. love that. I think the state of AI and all the thing coming, all the things coming our way, that's like computer driven. I think the more authentic you can be as an entrepreneur, the more successful you'll be because it's fresh mm -hmm. and it's different and it's it's. Just are, you know, mm -hmm. and I think so it I cuts through the noise because I think there's a lot of noise. I think, I mean, even I find myself like glazing over on Instagram lately. I'm like, I don't even want to be on it. It's just there's so much noise. There's so much just noise. I mean, yeah. and it's like, and it doesn't. It's very few and far between the people that do feel authentic or that are just being who they are. And I think it takes take somewhat of a comfort with yourself to do that and not to try to be who people necessarily want you to be. But I, I, I think it's also, you know, everybody's got something. And especially in our culture, I think people are going through, have gone through a lot of things. I mean, I think people are, I saw this thing on TV yesterday that like 85% of Americans feel like their finances aren't in a great place. That's a lot of people, you know, people are really are struggling. That's just one marker of, 
you know, a microscopic marker of, I think, what people are feeling. So I do think as an entrepreneur, the more, you know, honest and authentic that you can be, I think the better it is. I mean, because that's something that people can can relate to. I was just going to say to the effect of basically when you have, you know, a product that you're trying to sell, I don't know if this has been even true for you with, I think, the foundation too, but your goal isn't necessarily the sales. Your goal is to like help people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that like is the difference and the driving factor of like, we're not just like selling widgets to sell widgets, so to speak, but we're like doing these things so that it can like enhance people's homes or enhance people's weddings or, you know, for the foundation, mm-hmm. enhance people's entire life, you know, mm-hmm. where there's life difference and change made. Um, and I think that's what really is going to set entrepreneurs and businesses apart, especially in this economy and the world that we live in is going, here's someone who authentically wants to help someone else win. Um, because that's so few and far between. And I think that's the winning, I don't know if it's a strategy or just like life message of being like, let's Mm -hmm. serve, but like in a way that's beneficial for everybody. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's super important. So I'm curious, kind of, as we start to wrap up, are there any books you've read in the last year or anything, tools, anybody you're following that you're like, this has really kind of helped me in my personal and entrepreneurial sort of recess that you've taken? Yeah. So I just finished um, the book, Win the Day, which has been Mm. really great as far as like, you know, achieving the most that you can within the day and kind of like even the concept of like those buckets or funnels, like kind of Mm -hmm. speaks to that a little bit and how to accomplish those things. I would highly recommend that to who wrote that? Who's the author? I think it's Carrie Nyholf. I'll have to look that up. Okay. I'll I'll look like (laughs) to be completely honest. I'm so like, I remember the book name and I remember concepts, but when it's the people who write them, which is like an important thing, I always, you don't remember, always forget. If I, I'm not going to put my name on (laughs) so people don't have to remember. But, um, that's a great (laughs) Thanks, Jess. (laughs) Um, this, I, I was raised, you know, in a Christian family and whatnot. And something this year, and I, started doing this when I first started the business, but I really did a deep dive into the book of Proverbs, Hmm. um, which sounds like so overly like spiritual and whatnot, but from like a business standpoint, honestly, there's so much insight and wisdom in that book, just like even little sentences of things that I was like, oh, that applies to your business in so many different ways. So I totally recommend the book of Proverbs. That's been changing my life. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Hmm. um in the book not saying that the book is good Mm. as you can Mm. see um I've been doing that and then I've I've been this is really funny but because it's recess for me I've been reading a lot of fiction lately and so I never fully read Pride and Prejudice has nothing to do with business has nothing to do with like anything but I think there's something really healthy about reading stuff that is just for entertainment and kind of life-giving because I feel like my creativity even with reading fiction has like boosted quite a bit Mm -hmm. so giving yourself time to not necessarily always have to do like a self-help or like entrepreneurial book but like also find that space for just creativity and kind of just what would be frivolous sometimes can be life-giving to us too so I've been doing that but 
yeah i don't know those are those kind are of the great. simple ones off the top of those are great yeah. those are great so. Those are good. I like that. I like, I like that final one about the fiction. I think that's, that's really good. That's really good. So what's next for you, Lori? What are you working on? Where do you, you know, what are you working towards? I know you're still in your recess, but like what's bubbling up as far as what might be next for you? Yeah. So um, we're still playing around with a few things, but I, this past year, I've had quite a few friends who have started small businesses, mm. um, just want to do consults for kind of like helping find the next steps to get those started or like just wanting some creative ideas, even with like branding or marketing and things like that. And so I love that. I love mm. being able to help people kind of figure out their rhythm or like you know, their footing for their business or just even kind of come up with ideas to help, you know, improve things already within a business and whatnot too. So I'm going to be offering um, some consultations in that way, just for entrepreneurs who might need help with that. Um, And then I've been really leaning more into the interior side of London Avenue. So I've changed it to London Avenue Home. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be doing interior design projects um, and really just focusing on that. I don't think I'll ever really get back into the wedding business, not because I don't love it, but just because it doesn't really fit my life anymore as far as those buckets go, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, all of it's a little bit loose cement right now. I'm kind of in the starting process. So when I say take the jump and write it down, it's like things I'm actively doing (laughs) right now to continue that process. But Um, yeah, it's been a great season of where I'm at right now. It's been fun, um, working with Matt on his business, Oak House Visuals. It's been taking off. And so just helping with some things with that too has been really life-giving and just fun to like work alongside, you know, your significant other too Mm -hmm. is kind of a gift in of itself. So yeah, that's me. I'm just momming it up, doing some entrepreneur stuff and living my life. (laughs) So I love it. Yeah. I love it. So I like to end every podcast by asking my guests a similar question. Um, you know, the podcast is really about who we become and what we create from the stuff we go through. How you know what what do we what what comes from the challenges that we face? And so I'm wondering if you can tell the audience, like, what do you really like about yourself? Like, what do you love about Lori? Because of the things that you have gone through. I know not just in the last year, but just in your life, like what's more beautiful about you because of them? Um, Such a good question. I really, I would really have to say the thing that I've found more beautiful within myself through this whole process is I feel as though trials and trauma kind of give you the best clarity. It's almost like when you're at the optometrist and they're like clicking through things, like as those trials and like difficulties come up, like something clicks into place and you can just see a little bit more clearly. I'm still working on seeing things clearly in life. I think I always will be, but I do feel like a lot of things have clicked into place more for myself that allows me to see things for what it is more, um, and appreciating life and time and just giving myself the grace that I give others. I never really extended to myself before until this season. Um, so I think that's, I don't know if that's like a specific thing, but just more kind of finding the focus and the grace to face the days as they come. So 
I love that. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining me. I love this conversation. I feel like we could talk a lot of things about entrepreneurship. So we'll have to do that again sometime when you get into your next, your next season. But um, I hope everyone listening today feels, feels permission to change and feels like, you know, that it, you should listen to the callings of your heart and that um, you're always going to be building upon the things that you've already done and that there are great things ahead for you. So Lori, thank you for being here with me. I loved our conversation. Oh my gosh, it's a privilege and I love everything you're doing with the foundation and the new direction you're headed. I'm thrilled for you. So thank you Thanks, again. Lori. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on the HeartStrong Podcast. You know, I'm on a mission to help people live full and purposeful lives. So if one of these episodes has spoken with you, will you help spread the word by subscribing, leaving a review and sharing an episode that you love with a friend? I know your time is precious, so thank you for sharing it with me today. And just a reminder before I go, your life and story have great purpose. Don't forget it. I'll talk to you soon.